do here is go back, 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 back. Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format pod where dope people talk passionately about dope topics. On today's episode, The Weekly Geek, a column on all the news and entertainment and all that other stuff that I care about personally. All right, The Weekly Geek. Uh, This is a weekly column... I hope to utilize. I uh, didn't realize how much I wanted to talk about just random things that didn't deserve a full episode, so I might as well take a bunch of the tidbits, news that I care about, and uh, share it on a on a weekly pod. So, number one, Avengers Endgame is finally the second biggest movie of all time, currently tallied up at $2.27 billion worldwide. Um, they're at 644 million in the U S currently that's today. We're almost, uh, tomorrow or tonight, I guess would be three weeks since the movie came out. Um, it recently jumped over Titanic, which was at $2.187 billion. Um, so it's, it's there nearing the top of the chart and it's climbing. Uh, but James Cameron still, uh, not only did he make Titanic, he made Avatar, which is currently still in the number one spot uh, over a decade um, with 2.78. So it's about 5.5 billion off. Um, but, you know, we've got a couple of weeks uh, and people are still clamoring to get out there and watch the, the movie and whatnot. Uh, that said... The Russo brothers, the directors of Avengers Endgame, said that they wanted people to get to the movies pretty soon because Marvel still has one more movie left in this phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, The trailer was released on Monday and definitely features some Endgame spoilers for anybody who's paying attention. Uh, I should say these will also contain these are like spoiler filled episodes as well so if you haven't seen endgame turn this off now because i'm gonna share some of those spoilers all right you gone good uh it's i mean it the the trailer starts off with peter parker with his uh mask off and he's like tearing up looking at a a mural of Iron Man and saying like, oh man, I miss him. He's gone. It's like, yeah, shit, he's dead, huh? Um, Anyways, if you check out the trailer, Mysterio apparently comes from another Earth. That's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Um, So yeah, he, he says he's from another Earth. There was another, I think, Jake Gyllenhaal who plays Mysterio. Um, or I should, let me jump back in the trailer. It shows Mysterio as like an ally. The big bads apparently are these elemental figures. So there's like a, like a fire monster and like a water monster and all these things. Um, and Mysterio plays as an ally and like a big brother figure to Spider-Man, uh, from what you can gather there. Um, that all said that, 
is being that role is being played by Jake Gyllenhaal, and he showed up on Ellen, and he brought a teaser there where they talk, and Mysterio says um, he's from another Earth, and that the Earth that the MCU is in is called is designated Earth six one six. I'm gonna come back to this in a moment, and he comes from a different Earth, like one eight eight or eight one eight or something like that. Um, number one, he's a fucking liar because anybody who knows anything about, uh, the Marvel universe will, will know a couple of different things. Um, number one, the main continuity of the Marvel comics is known as earth 616. So if you were to pick up the com, like any of the Marvel comics, ongoing comics right now, you would be reading what happens in that universe. Our universe the one where you're sitting down and listening to a, a podcast called Turbo Geeks is a completely different universe. Um, they have designations for a bunch of other ones too. So some of the big storylines from the comics, like the actual uh, Infinity Gauntlet, um, has some different designation. The Ultimates comic universe, which uh, Marvel around the year 2000 wanted to redo everything like reset a status quo in the origin stories of many of their most beloved characters as opposed to, you know, uh, way, way back in the day. So they created a new universe called the Ultimate Marvel Universe, and that's where, like, Peter Parker is killed and Miles Morales... uh, Well, actually, let me take that back. Peter Parker is not killed. Um... But Miles Morales is... Actually, you know, I'm getting confused with myself. He does die. But there is some timeline, dimension jumping stuff. And that's essentially where Miles Morales, the character, main protagonist of Spider-Man Into the Universe, comes from. Uh, And then he meets in and he became such a huge figure that the main 616 continuity kind of like took him in even though he originates from the Ultimates universe. Regardless, there, there are a bunch of different things. Uh, if you're also aware, the X-Men obviously are Marvel characters, although you might not know that if you're just a fan of the movies, uh, since they're owned by different studios. Uh, I have another pod uh, coming up just talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel as movies. Um, so we'll get into that a lot deeper there. But that all said... Uh, there's the storyline in X-Men of like days of future past where in the future uh, the mutants have been hunted almost to like extinction kind of thing. That's a different kind of universe. Uh, there's a House of M uh, dimension storyline timeline where uh, Scarlet Witch says some words and then in the future the mutants are the ruling class, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of different things there. Um, now, knowing all of that and going back to Spider-Man Far From Home, you can't call that Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, 616. I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, because 616, again, is the comic book continuity line. This is... I know, it's got a designation. I'll come back to it momentarily, but uh, I had these actually in my show notes. And I used Google Docs, and I didn't realize I was erasing it when I wanted to like 
get this huge bit there. And then because I'm on my phone, I had to shake to undo. And they didn't undo the entire selection. They only undid like a word at a time because there are so many words. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not. There's no way in hell I can uh, get this all back in time. So calling out a wash. We're going to we're going to do that again at some point uh, in that upcoming MCU pod. But for now, this is what we're talking about. So the the. Spider-Man trailer brought the idea of the multiverse in, even though we kind of played with that in Endgame, which is really fun because now this is like truly like the comics and whatnot. Uh, So this is something that we get to kind of play with, which is really cool. And I think a lot of the studios now are, what do you call it? Playing around with this because you could, we had spider-man into the universe and that was you know successful enough to also say that hey look your audiences aren't dumb they understand and they they get what this is so it's really really exciting um knowing that as well if you weren't aware uh again this will it will go deeper into the other pod but um marvel studios the movie studios that started with iron man and all that stuff started with a bunch of b level characters spider-man or i'm sorry uh iron man was not an a level character neither was captain america at the time this was like what 2008 2005 x-men spider-man uh the incredible hulk all those were the big popular ones and they were sold off because marvel was almost going bankrupt in the late 90s so they sold off their characters and character i'm sorry character rights to films uh to these other studios like like sony uh universal and fox um disney has obviously become a behemoth as far as uh, movie studios are concerned with the acquisition of lucasfilm in 2014 so if you weren't aware on the backside of all this stuff Fox, the owners of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, uh, they, they were acquired by Disney uh, earlier this year. I think the it started last year, but everything was finalized this year. So at some point, X-Men and the Mutants and the Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer will come back to Marvel Studios. That said, it just gives them a, a bigger playground. They know that they didn't want to play with it too much because it, we're in the middle of the stories of the characters that we have now, but that's something to kind of keep in mind. Um, that said, we obviously aren't going to be getting as many Marvel movies in the next year or so because the end of this third phase, the Infinity War phase, ends with this next movie that comes out next month, Spider-Man Far From Home. And it should show up like some of the fallout of what happened in Endgame. Um, And then, you know, down the line, we'll get our Doctor Strange sequel. We'll get our Black Panther sequel and a bunch of other things. Apparently, there's going to be a a Black Widow movie, which obviously have to be a prequel if you saw Endgame and know that Black Widow dies. All this other stuff. So some cool stuff in the MCU part of the universe there. I think they're also taking a break because in the fall, Disney will be releasing their own streaming service called Disney Plus, which is going to have a bunch of awesome things in there, including 
uh, the first live action Star Wars show called The Mandalorian, which follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter in the time between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So right after the Emperor is defeated and all that stuff. And what's the fallout, you know, in, in that universe there? So that's going to be starring Pedro Pascal, um, who played the Viper in Game of Thrones. And he was also in uh, Narcos and uh, Kingsman 2. Awesome dude. Also going to be joined by Gino, Gina Carano, the former uh, MMA fighter turned actress. Uh, who is it? Uh, Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers um, will be in there too as an old guy. And fucking Werner Herzog. The documentarian, filmmaker, and all-around badass dude. Uh, He'll be in there playing an ex-imperial dude. It looks awesome. I'm really excited. The heir apparent uh, to George Lucas, Dave Filoni, will be filming part of it. It's it's made by Jon Favreau, the same guy who's like Disney's like go-to guy now. He's the one who came out with uh, Iron Man. He directed and... Uh, Iron Man and Iron Man 2. He, you know, has become a poster boy for Disney. He did The Jungle Book. He's doing The Lion King, uh, all this other stuff. So it's cool that, you know, they were put as like the new generation to kind of push things forward. So it's really, really exciting. That all said, Star Wars uh, Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker comes out... Um, later this year and then they're saying that you know with all the the fallout that was happening from the last jedi and the the shitty stuff happening in fandom that they were going to take a break and when they said that you know a lot of us thought that it was going to be a couple of years until we got that earlier this week uh disney kind of put out their slate and they're showing that again because they also acquired fox they're going to get a bunch of fox films in there too so just to keep it quick, uh, a couple of things to note. Number one, the next Star Wars trilogy has release, release dates now. So you're going to see uh, the next movie after Rise of the Sky, Episode 9, the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. The next movie is coming out in 2022. The sequel to that or the next film that will come out after that will be 2024. And then two years later in 2026, we'll get the third one. So there's a lot of... Uh, discussion right now what films are these going to be we know that there are two in the pipeline right now number one ryan johnson the director of the last jedi he has a he is signed on to do his own trilogy of some sort a set of movies and we don't know where they're going to be or what they're going to entail it could be a completely original story I know there's a lot of people in the fandom who care about a lot of the legend stuff. I'm not going to get into that now. There are some old movies and uh, not I'm sorry, not movies, but there are old stories, books, so on and so forth that were made by people who weren't George Lucas uh through the years and when Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2014, they said, "Hey, all the legend stuff because you've got now hundreds of authors making up their own shit." is going to be the extended universe uh, is going to be kind of its own thing. And they called it legends, right? But you're getting a lot of storylines borrowed from that. So the entire thing with like the last, I'm sorry, the, the force awakens having Kylo Ren, you know, a family member of the Skywalkers turn bad 
that was the same thing that happened in Legends. Uh, it was Han and Leia's... Han and Leia had a pair of twins, uh, Janice and Jason Solo. Jason turns bad, and Janice has got to be the one to, like, take him down and stuff. Which And so there are obvious parallels between Kylo and Rey, even though Rey is apparently not part of the family. Anyways, uh, those are the things that we have to look forward to there um, through those years. So it could be Ryan Johnson. The other thing, other big project in the pipeline as far as the films are concerned for Star Wars is that um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, they're ending Game of Thrones right now, and we heard that they were given a trilogy themselves. There are some rumors that they want to go into the Old Republic. So if you're familiar with the video games, Star Wars The Old Republic, apparently they're fans of that too. So a lot of people are thinking that that might happen there. I am all about new stories. I would love for them to go back in the timeline and whatnot, but I don't I don't want to see a rehash. I was just having a conversation with some other people about Game of Thrones and like the the books versus the show. They should be different. They're adaptations. They should not be the exact same things and have the same uh beat for beat story because you have the books. Um show me something different here and it's not the same author either. I could understand if um, G.R.R. Martin was the guy running the show here, but he's not. And he gave the blessing to these two dudes. So let these two dudes uh, come up with their own version of the story. Because Martin will still have his books if he ever fi- fucking finishes them. Uh, <laughs> that all said, the reception to this last season and in some of the episodes that we've been reviewing have not been so hot. So, you know, my my confidence in them as storytellers is they don't have as much goodwill as they did when it was first announced, at least from me. Um, but that's something to keep in mind. So here's something that's interesting. Star Wars release dates in 2022, 2024, 2026. I said it earlier, Fox was also acquired. Fox owns Avatar. We talked about this earlier. Avatar is the highest grossing film ever at two point seven eight billion dollars james cameron has been busy working on um along with some of his nature documentaries and stuff these avatar sequels and uh he was stated or quoted saying that he's gonna have four different sequels so this avatar story is gonna be five movies long but the first movie was what 2009 it's been a decade and we still don't have the Avatar 2, Avatar sequels will be coming out in 2021, 2023, and 2025. So we're going to get alternating years of Avatar and Star Wars from this new Disney Fox slate, Um, which could be pretty exciting. But, you know, the Avatar fan base, the fandom, I didn't even know there was one. Who's clamoring for these movies? I don't know. I don't literally know anybody who's like, yeah, I can't wait. I know everything about the, and now I forget what they're called, the blue cat creature tribe peoples. They're going to hold on to the same cast. Uh, Sam Sam Worthington, I think Sigourney Weaver is still there. Obviously, Zoe Saldana. Um, But yeah, I, I really don't know what's going on. So 
it's just really interesting that we're going to have these like alternating Star Wars and Avatar years. I was really excited when Star Wars was acquired by Disney because Kathleen Kennedy, the producer and like head of Lucasfilm was like every year you're going to get one. I know there was a lot of bad press with the Last Jedi solo one two punch. Um, not a lot of people were fans of those. I liked them a lot. I know a lot of people think of me as like the Star Wars diehard. I, I like the films well enough, right? That's like the fun stuff about it. I'm not so serious about things, so don't try to have some deep philosophical conversations about Solo, at least. Um, but I enjoyed them, and they're fun. They're again, they're these are movies made for kids. If you're over 25 and you're taking it that seriously, you got your shit out of whack. New Mutants uh, is a project that was coming out. It's a newer, darker take on the X-Men. This is a team within the X-Men, uh, a younger team of mutants. And so they call themselves the New Mutants, uh, featuring uh, the actresses who play Arya Stark, Maisie Williams, uh, the big brother from Stranger Things, uh, Anna Taylor-Johnson from The Witch or Split. Uh, she's in it as well. This thing was like filmed two years ago and it was supposed to come out last year and then it was supposed to come out this year. They delayed it again. It was supposed to come out in August. So now it's going to come out in April of 2020. That's almost a year from now. Really weird that they keep pushing this away, but you know, it's essentially a superhero like horror thriller. Um, keeping on the comic book film Game of Thrones connections. One of the other big projects that Marvel has in the pipeline is something called the Eternals. And in this, uh, the comic books, the Eternals are this ancient race. You, if, if you're familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy, they kind of mention this a little bit uh, within the, the films. But the Eternals are an ancient race, powerful beings and stuff. Uh, one of the newest cast members in talks is Richard Madden. In Game of Thrones, you know him as Rob Stark, the King of the North, um, is finally in talks for all that stuff. So it'd be cool to kind of see him in there because I like I haven't seen him in any anything else. I know he's been in some shows, but they might be like romances or something like that. He's joining Angelina Jolie, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who's also in there, and is a film directed by Chloe Zhao. Uh, so that's gonna I think gonna be a great one and. There are rumors that it's going to be like a, uh, like almost like a romance kind of thing. Who knows? I am not familiar with the Eternals as a comic, so I couldn't tell you what it's about and all that stuff, but that's that. Speaking of more trailers, HBO has a miniseries coming out based on the graphic novel Watchmen. They just released a trailer and it features a ton of random people in Rorschach masks. Uh, this obviously takes place sometime after the main story. So y you might be familiar with it with uh, Zack Snyder's um, film of the same name. He he adapted it as well. Uh, there are, There's a huge police force that wears yellow masks, which I'm assuming they're like the Watchmen or that's what they're probably called. And so this might be like a war with the gorilla Rorschach dudes versus the Watchmen police force or something. It features uh, Academy Award winner Regina King, who looks like in the trailer she suits up after years of retirement or something like that. 
Um, Jeremy Irons is in there, and he probably plays as you know somebody of his caliber, an actor of his caliber. And the way that you see him portrayed there, he's probably playing an older Adrian Vett, aka Ozzy Mandias, the guy who like put a lot of the other things in motion in the original uh, story, as well as Don Johnson, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Louis Gossett Jr., and Yahya Abdul Mateen II. If you don't know who he is, he was in uh, The Get Down. He was also in Aquaman playing Man- uh, yeah, Black Mantis. He, he, I, like, I like him a lot. I think he is somewhere in the future of Hollywood. I would love to see him kind of break out there too. Uh, more trailers. Earlier today, It Chapter 2 was released, the, the trailer for that movie. And it opens with Jessica Chastain, who plays an older Beverly um, visiting some old lady in her childhood home and some shit happens. Uh, you just need to go check it out. If you're a fan of the movie of a, a year, two years back now, um, this is going to be crazy. Cause you know, you get the second part of the story where they're adults, uh, revisiting dairy. It's going to be crazy. Um, what else? Game of Thrones has been addressing the coffee cup scene, uh, that was left in the last episode. The precedent of weird stuff happening is not new. I think, um, what's his name? Nikolai Walder Kostow was like, he was holding a coffee cup in one scene earlier in the, in the series. And then there was a guy wearing like a Patagonia vest and jeans walking through a scene in another one. So it's not there. I think, uh, binge mode has put out uh, uh episode recap and they make a great point of like the goodwill for this show has been falling drastically and it's because there's a lot of pressure on, on finishing this up and i think a lot of that and a lot of my criticisms in some of the other episodes comes from the fact that you set up all these storylines and you're just going to forget about them now the entire deal with azora high and having like melisandre's entire arc the entire reason we were with Stannis and saw, you know, his rise and fall were because Melisandre thought of him to be Azor Ahai and now there's no Azor Ahai payoff. She just shows up and like, oh yeah, Star- uh, Arya, uh, I said some random quote to you and now you're the one to to kill the Night King, which is cool. Again, I, I like that story choice, uh, having that surprise there, but this is kind of weak to book readers and those who know the story. Why did you not pay this off somehow, right? Uh, so the whole coffee cup thing has been blowing up because this is supposed to be a high caliber TV show and that's a really silly mistake. And then Starbucks is getting a lot of like uh, press from it and it's not a Starbucks cup. It's not. Uh, so it's it's kind of weird, but it also shows how rushed this season has been and they're uh, those guys that I was talking about, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are like not getting, they're not being impressive uh, anymore. They're, they're kind of rushing all of this, especially because now it's on them. It's, this is not on G.R.R. Martin at all because th- this is their story. They, you know, split off at, at season six or whatever. So the, the blame gets put on them and to have these kind of like silly things happen, uh, show that they're not taking it as seriously as the fans are are taking it and whatnot. So it's it's kind of weird there. Uh, 
Last couple things. Number one, if anybody is familiar with Cowboy Bebop, the 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 hit anime series, uh, this was optioned by Netflix as a live action TV, uh, TV show or whatever you call it now, streaming show. And for the longest time, people uh, wondered if the story and other elements would port over, port over from anime to television. Um, and so a lot of people weren't sure. But, you know, we were just talking about Game of Thrones, and they, he said that would be completely un, unadaptable as well. Um, fan casting for years, people have been saying the main protagonist, Spike, should be played by Keanu Reeves. Um, and that was there, those rumors were there for years. Early last month, Netflix announced that John Cho was cast as Spike. Uh, leading the deep breaches of the internet to rejoice. Because if you're not familiar, John Cho was kind of the head of a social media uh, campaign, um, a hashtag starring John Cho, where somebody just photoshopped his face into a bunch of different posters to show that like you could have a person of color, a brown guy, show up and lead a film. Because everybody, like, I don't know anybody who doesn't like John Cho, and he's been, you know, putting out some some critical success recently. His last movie, uh, Searching, which had a really interesting premise and movie-making thing that it was like found footage kind of, like uh, streams of internet things and, and whatnot. It did really well there. So it's cool to see him, especially with the explosion uh, of what happened in Hollywood when uh, Crazy Rich Asians was released and then subsequently, you know, really successful at the box office. Uh, so it's been cool to see more brown faces pop up and say, hey, like, we, we can hold the film and all that stuff. Um, Mustafa Shakir will play Jet Black. Danielle Pineda will play Faye Valentine. And Alex Hassel will be uh, Vicious. So if you're familiar with those, uh, with that, with those characters and with the story, that's something to definitely look forward to. Uh, again, I'm not... I didn't watch Cowboy Bebop even though it was around for a long time and it was always like on the edges of me getting into it, but I never got into it. Uh, there's a great YouTube channel called Wisecrack that does philosophy breakdowns on some of these uh, stories in fandom and, and nerdery and geekdom and stuff like that. They put one out, the philosophy of Cowboy Bebop, and it's pretty good. So I'll link that in the show notes. We'll see what what's going on there. So that's kind of a wrap up of the, the film side of things, TV side of things, music wise. Logic released a track called homicide featuring Eminem. And there's this funny thing that's been going on. There is a comedian named Chris Delia, who's been doing his own little Eminem impersonation. And it's hilarious. Hashtag napkins. Uh, so Logic gets Eminem to go on and spit pretty hard, like his freestyle style rapping. And then they put Chris D'Elia at the end of the song. So it's pretty good. So it's on the Turbo Geeks podcast uh, playlist on Spotify. I'll also put that in the show notes. Um, but definitely check that one out. Another big thing, if you remember, the, even the name of the show, Turbo Geeks, is based off of uh, a working title track. Uh, by the band Incubus, which is my favorite band, even though I am 
majorly into hip hop and whatnot. Incubus was there. And that was like the band that I listened to growing up kind of thing. So it's been 20 years since the album that I got into make yourself has been out. So they have this, uh, new tour going on called 20 years of make yourself and beyond national tour. And it's coming out. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Seattle will be getting them on September uh, 17th at the Paramount downtown. And that's probably what I'm going to treat myself for my birthday for. But I was also thinking of maybe making a trip somewhere. I would love to go to Austin. And they'll be playing in Austin, Texas in mid-November. So that's something cool there too. Another random thing in music. Chance the Rapper tweeted... Uh, random like, hey, I'm tweeting to have a good day and all that stuff. And it became a social media movement to get Wendy's to bring back their spicy chicken nuggets. Uh, if you're not aware of Wendy's social media game, they are killing. They're simply one of the best Twitter accounts on the planet. They are continually trolling McDonald's and all these other fast food places. It's ridiculous. It's something you should follow. You can quote me on that. They put out a rap album. Um, it, it was crazy. It, it, they have fire tweets every day, all day. You need to check them out. It's ridiculous. But, but you know, they respond really well to things too. So they saw Chance put that stuff out and they were like, hey, if you can get this uh, retweeted like 200,000 times, we'll bring them back. Oh, they're back. So it, it's cool that, you know, we have kind of control on that kind of stuff. Um, last thing for music, Bumbershoot 2019, the lineup will be released tomorrow and we'll see what happens. Bumbershoot, if you're not aware, is the local Seattle music festival that happens in Seattle center on Labor Day weekend. Uh, that was something that I did a lot growing up. I haven't been there recently cause I'm getting old and I don't like standing up for music for too long, but that was my jam, uh, through my teenage and young adult years. So exciting that you can get to kind of look ahead at the end of summer, but you know, we get, we still got summer to, to go with last thing gear beats by Dre has a new set of headphones coming out called the power beats pro. They're completely wireless. Um, they're 23% smaller and 17% lighter than the original, or I guess not original, but power beats three, which are the ones that I currently have. And a lot of other people have, um, it comes with a charging case and a lightning cable and earbud tips. So it's an in-ear plus hook style setup for a lot of people who are hesitant on getting AirPods like myself. Uh, these are a great option because now you can literally just put one in your ear and they look better. And they're obviously meant for more athletic style folks, which I definitely am. But it is, you know, I feel weird wearing one because I'll... I also don't like wearing both if I'm in a place where I need to kind of listen to see what's going on. And I don't want to be walking and, you know, you're, you got a target on your back. If you have both headphones in, you don't know what's going on. And so somebody wanted to assault you or rob you or whatever, uh, you obviously aren't aware of your surroundings and that kind of shit is like whatever. But now with the power beats pro, you do have that option as well. Um, they come in four different colors. Uh, there's an accelerometer, um, in them that can tell when they're in your ears. Uh, otherwise, if you put them down, they go into sleep mode until you, you put them back in your ear. 
they're auto on when you take them out of the the charging case which is also just like the other ones uh, i think a, a capable of wireless charging um they're 250 dollars available at the apple store and online now airpods by contrast are 200 dollars or 199 or whatever but they're stuck in the one color with that one particular look Thanks for listening to the first of many Weekly Geeks. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and more. Rate and review us if you can. Subscribe if you can, depending on what you're using. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at TurboGeeksPod. The intro music is Otis McMusic by Otis McDonald. The outro music is Compton, provided by Anchor.fm. Thank you for listening today and be kind to one another.